Rozier, three on one break for Boston. Rozier to the basket. Oh, blocked by James. He did it again. All right, everybody. Welcome to this week's edition of the Ball Street Journal podcast. This week, we got me and Rohit to recap the conference finals and then just give a quick preview of the NBA finals coming up. What's up, Rohit? What's up, Ajay? Good to be on the podcast this week. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a perfect time, right? Because now we the conference finals are done and the NBA finals matchup is set. And before we go into the finals, what were your thoughts on the Eastern Conference finals with the run that LeBron just made, dude? Man, dude, I'm still recovering from that series. That was uh, one, one heck of a series. I think uh, I, I didn't think LeBron would make it out of this one. I mean, I thought this was where the road ends. I mean, Brad Stevens and those guys, especially in, especially in Game 1 and Game 2, would look pretty bleak for the Cavs. And with the amount of uh, supporting, support, the kind of supporting cast they had, it didn't seem very likely that they'd make it through. But um, I think uh, down the stretch, I think they... The Cavs played a lot better defense in the the second half of the series, and that was kind of the difference. But um, yeah, it was very stressed the series. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I know sometimes you say that you know, like the Cavs are gonna lose, or I, and I don't always know if you're being completely honest when you think the Cavs are gonna lose. <laughs> but this time, I felt like you actually did mean it. The, the Cavs' chances in the series was looking bleak, especially they were down 2-0 and then down 3-2. But I mean, ultimately they pulled it off and. You know what was the craziest part? Like, these guys lost their second-best player, like Kevin Love, for pretty much all of Game 6, and then Game 7, he was out. Mm -hmm. And they still somehow pulled it out. I mean, LeBron says something else, dude. Yeah, dude. I think, um, I, I mean, I think the in, Kevin Love, while he can provide some scoring when um, when he's, like, playing at his highest level, th those other guys, Jeff Green, um, Jeff Green and even, like, uh, Jordan Clarkson, some of the, and J.R. Smith even in the in game seven, some of those guys did step up at like key moments, and in game seven they provided just enough. Not that it was that's going to be enough help for LeBron in this next series, but uh, Kevin Love, I think he, I would, I, I think Kevin Love's impact on the series wasn't as important as people consider. I, you know how much how I get on Kevin's love, Kevin Love's case pretty often, <laughs> but uh, I think it's uh, it's it's he he isn't quite he isn't what. Um, what impacts the series uh, more than the other guy? I think the other guys collectively are more important than Kevin Love. Yeah, I mean, the way Jeff Green showed up. So, the biggest thing for me now, right, at the end of that game, Jeff Van Gundy on, on the ESPN uh, broadcast was talking about how he considered this LeBron's biggest achievement or greatest achievement in his 15 year career, taking these group of guys to the finals. And then uh, Doris asked uh, LeBron in the post game, and she's like, hey, LeBron, like, what do you think? Like, Jeff Van Gundy said this is your greatest achievement. And obviously LeBron, you know, classy move by him. He didn't want to, like, shit on his teammates <laughs> and throw him under the buzz. And he's like, I'm not really, you know, I don't want to talk about my teammates not showing up or whatever. He didn't, because if he said, yeah, this is my greatest achievement, he's pretty much admitting that <laughs> these teammates sucked and he somehow dragged these guys to the finals. But, I don't know, you've been following LeBron, like, your whole career. What do you, what do you think? Was this his greatest achievement? This is up there for sure. I mean, for me, I think I didn't expect him to get to the finals this year. I mean, I think given the East and LeBron's reputation, I mean, you can you can bet, you could have bet on him getting there relative to the other teams, given the inexperience and the injuries in the East this year. But I would say this ranks up there. I mean, I, I still can't put this above the 3-1 comeback against the Warriors. And this is up there. Like, in the, I'd say this is top three. I'd say probably it's still 3-1 Warriors is number one. Uh... This is like tied like with 2A and 2B with uh, the, the Pistons, beating the Pistons in that series and going getting swept by the Spurs. This team is pretty much on par with that team, I'd say. And I think I'd put it at that. And I think whether or not this entire run 
Uh, given it's year 15, I might give the edge to this series, but given it, we have to see the entire run and see how competitive he makes it against the Warriors this time. And then putting all that together, I think we can decide whether this was the best run. But this is like top two or top three, in my opinion. Yeah, and obviously if he somehow beats the Warriors in this next this coming round, then it has to be the greatest. His definitely his greatest achievement. Like if if like by I think the last day of the finals, Game Seven is June seventeenth. But like let's say if we come out of these finals and LeBron's the winner or like the Cavs are the winner, <laughs> that just basically means LeBron had like a superhuman effort. Like there's no other way the Cavs can could have beaten the Warriors unless LeBron does that. But um. More than like so the, on the other side, right? So we had the Cavs coming out, you know, eight straight finals for LeBron. But I think what we saw with the Celtics is the youth in Game Seven is like is always a risky play, right? Exactly. So I think the Celtics play. I mean, are tremendously coached. They're like a young team ahead of schedule. But I think um, yeah, down the stretch, I mean, you could see Terry Rozier like went ice cold in Game Seven, and they're like they only they didn't. They scored a lot. They didn't score much in Game 7, and they went cold for long stretches of time. And I think that's just inexperience. And those games, Game 7s are a completely different beast. If you, as you watch basketball over the years, they're very different from other games. And it's much more of like a, a gritty basket. Every basket kind of counts. It's like a very like possession-to-possession possession kind of game. So unless you've experienced enough of those, I think the inexperience comes into play. And I mean, the Celtics, if they had a Kyrie Irving, I mean, I think the series would have been most likely have gone the other way. Um, but given that they still played their hearts out, Jason Tatum is like going to be a generational talent. He's like phenomenal. He played out lights. He played lights out every game of the series on at least at TD. And um, yeah, I mean, I think the Celtics have a lot to look forward to going, going forward. Yeah. I mean, the, the, best part about game seven or i mean best part for the celtics is that all these guys like terry rogier and jalen brown like i mean they, they they didn't show up but man jason tatum he's the rookie and he was their but clearly their best player for game seven and this guy just doesn't nothing phases him like he was ready from the get-go and he was like you saw that dunk on braun and then when he like yelled at it he got up in his face and yelled at him <laughs> And I think my favorite part was Braun just looked back at it, back at him. He's like, "Dude, like, relax, man." <laughs> Dude, yeah, no. That, Jason Tatum was special this series. Some of the shot making in the earlier games, the series, Game Seven included, and like especially the earlier games, like he was like he did not look like a 19 year old. It was incredible. <laughs> Can't believe the kid's yeah. 19. It's like we can call him kids because like yeah, we're like <laughs> we're like 26 now. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Yeah, because after the game, like, people are bringing out all these pictures, and it's like, the last time LeBron didn't make the finals, Jason Tatum was 12 years old, and he looked like a kid, and, and here we are, LeBron's still in the finals. It's crazy. Yeah, all the stats about, yeah, what what happened since LeBron wasn't in the finals, it's ridiculous, yeah. I think my, the one that got me was Instagram wasn't invented. <laughs> Instagram wasn't invented. <laughs> Dude, it's been yeah, it's been an incredible run. I think the Celtics, but yeah, the Celtics are definitely a team to be feared in the in the conference for years to come. If they keep their core intact, they're gonna be competitive. They add some, God forbid, they add someone like Kawhi or something. It's like it's gonna be very, uh, they're gonna be a good team. Danny Ainge, as much as I dislike Danny Ainge, he's put together one hell of a one hell of a crew out there. Oh yeah. So I think an interesting point you made, right? You were just talking about how like game sevens are different. They're like a different completely different animal beast like nothing like any of the other games and i think the big part about game seven is how like the referees usually just try tend to let them play mm -hmm. and uh so this is something that we saw with the rockets warriors game seven now right mm -hmm. where james harden these fouls and calls that he was getting all regular season and now in game seven the refs like 
I mean, that it, there were some very shady calls, and then obviously Twitter was exploding that the series was fixed, and you know the NBA wants Warriors Cavs again and everything. But I mean, that definitely hurt the that threw the Rockets off their game. Like the fact that James Harden wasn't getting these calls in Game Seven that he was getting all year. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, Game Seven, like, uh, yeah, the, if if you you can see a visible difference between Game Seven and any other game in a series, the physicality, the lack of calls, and yeah, Harden is one of those guys that to get his rhythm going and to kind of get. Uh, get get his team going. He needs to get those like fouls. He needs to get to the free throw lines, like free throw line, like ten times a game to really get to his thirty, his volume scoring. And I think you didn't see that in Game Seven. But dude, to be honest, like I I did see a lot of calls that didn't go the Rockets' way, and it did throw them off their game. But at the end of the day, in that that series, I think what it came down to was 0 for 27 from three. <laughs> that 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 stat line. You can't you you like no matter what happens. I think that in that game, in that particular game, that 0 for 27, you can't shoot like you can't shoot bricks like that. Even they, the Rockets did have some good looks, a lot of contested looks, and the physicality may have played a part. But you can't throw up that kind of like, br- like that many bricks and help, hope to advance to an NBA Finals, especially against a team like the Warriors. Yeah, I mean you can't miss 27 three. I mean the Warriors are eventually gonna get to you, but. And, and this is what something I was worried about the Rockets all year, where everyone's like, oh man, look at them, look at how all these threes they made. But then it's like the game seven, right? The pressure's different. And I think the home team always has more pressure on uh, in a game seven because their crowd's really into it and they expect every shot to go in. But then guys like PJ Tucker, Trevor Reza, Eric Gordon, all these guys, you know, they, they've never been in a game seven of the of like a Western Conference Finals. And the pressure, I think, just got to them. That's what happened. Even Harden, like he was missing threes too. He was he was part of the uh, the reason that they were completely cold. Totally. And I think, um, yeah, Harden, as, t- as much as at times he shows up and I mean, he, lo- he, he looks good. He, he looks good in spurts. I mean, his... Uh, his overall playoff medal and kind of like his, uh, I guess, like his reliability is in question. And we've seen that in years past of Harden flaming out epically last year. This one, yeah, this game, I mean, there was a lot of factors going in. But yeah, I mean, Harden definitely didn't bring his A game. I think um, the other thing about the Rockets style of play, which you can kind of see this entire series, is um, when they're hitting shots, it looks beautiful. And it's like, oh, wow, well, this team looks unstoppable. But then they, when they, it's just, it's just a make or miss league. And I think when you see the miss, miss shots like god this is a horrible team like how are they this bad it's just they, when they're making shots they look amazing when they don't they look pretty terrible and that's kind of been the rockets all year and i think the one factor that we'll get to right now is i think that uh the x factor that really took them over the top and kind of allowed for those periods where they got cold and the leadership that came from chris paul and that's what you saw in games four and five of the series and i think that's what was missing down the stretch yeah i mean we're doing like a post-mortem on the rockets right now and like everything but if cp3 I mean, if he didn't get hurt, like, I, I really thought the Rockets, like, had the Warriors, like, they figured out the Warriors, like, they had their number, they were completely beating up the Warriors, um, with, like, all the down screens and everything, they were, like, holding them, and the refs were in calling everything, they were so physical, and I think in Game 7, like, when they were missing those 27 straight threes, there's no way, like, if CP3 was there, he would have been like, guys, no, like, stop shooting threes, like, let's just go to the rib, get fouled, or, like, CP3's awesome at that mid-range, he would have been, he would have at least taken some mid-range attempts at that's really where they miss Paul and if he was healthy like maybe we're talking about like the Rockets and how like they finally figured out the they were the first team to beat the Warriors but here we are exactly I think the I mean if you, even if you look at the, all those mysteries the game was still uh, within 10 points by the end and it was within shooting like they were within within range of coming back I think Chris Paul like would have changed the tempo of the game down the stretch 
he would have taken control kind of you saw in games four and five how like it was a very those games are very tight um, he kind of like dictated the pace of the game had some incredible shots he hit like the shot making by Chris Paul when he needed when buckets were needed was like unparalleled some of the shots he was hitting was just were just like unbelievable like double clutch threes he was he, he would have found a way to will this team I think at least to, I think game seven would at least been a one possession game down this like it would have been like a nail biter down the stretch if Paul had been in the game and I mean it's uh, the Warriors I mean the Warriors are a really good team they play really well I mean but there's always a lot like luck involved in championship and this this run I mean what everyone's going to question down the stretch I mean, the first year, no Kyrie. The first year, now it's year four. The first year, they run no Kyrie. The second year, they didn't get it done. The third year, uh, they played like, they played in a, like, a, they didn't they didn't make it through Kawhi without with Kawhi in that series with the Spurs. We don't know if they made it made it through that. And this year, CP3. So there's always those question marks. Yeah, I mean, with these things, luck is always involved, right? Like the Warriors, three out of these four years, they the, the team that they're facing had the major injury. And the one year they didn't win was when Steph was injured and then, of course, Draymond with the suspension. So the luck kind of went against the Warriors' way that year. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, we break down basketball to, like, the closest thing, but sometimes it's just like, you know, who's more lucky? <laughs> lucky, shot, and it's the make-or-miss league. Shots go in, shots don't. And, I mean, it, it comes down to that, especially when you go seven games. And, I mean, we, we had some special series last uh, in the conference finals, both going to game seven. First time, like in like since the 1970s, that's happened, and I mean, <laughs> it was a lot yeah. of fun basketball to watch. And I mean, and the NBA is like having a field day with this. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean, two game sevens—that's the ultimate for them. And then now they got Warriors Cavs again, so you know the ratings are still going to be great. <laughs> exactly. I mean, there's a lot of lamenting on people. There's a lot of lamenting for new new blood in the finals and stuff. But at the end of the day, I mean, if you look at history, I mean, the the game's biggest stars always show up. People want to watch the game's biggest stars in the NBA finals. I think, I mean, coming out of the East and the West, I mean, these, the, the, in terms of conference representation, you have the biggest, the world, basically, again, for the fourth straight time, you have the world's best player pitted against the world's best team. Yep, exactly. All right, so, like, coming to this series, right, I think I was texting you the other day about how, and you thought I was using some reverse psychology, but you thought, like, how, like, the Cavs may actually have a chance. I was telling you, like, uh, I really do think they, they have a shot in this series against the Warriors, even though no one believes it. They're like, oh, Warriors in four and everything, or war the gentlemen sweep Warriors in five. Mm -hmm. But so just, just hear me out really quick. I So number one, Iguodala's out. I mean, we don't know when he's coming back. Like, So he sought the dreaded second opinion um, for his knee injury, so we always know that's not a good thing. That mm -hmm. means that he's been through the Warriors team docs, and they probably told him you're good to go, but... You know, he still is not feeling right, like the whole Kawhi situation, like kind of thing. So now he's seeking a second opinion. And we know, like, Iguodala is the best. He's been their best defender on LeBron these past three years. Mm -hmm. um, no no doubt about it. So now Iguodala, we don't know if he's playing. And remember the 2015 finals when the Cavs were under man? And then it was basically LeBron and, like, they were playing, like, Tristan Thompson and Mozgov together. Mm -hmm. And, like, Delhi. And the way they really were able to take, like, they had a 2-1 lead, and then the Warriors ultimately figured it out. But the way they were able to do it is just, we're going to surround LeBron with some shooters, some big men who'll just get offensive rebounds all day, and, you know, could maximize the number of possessions, slow the game down to a grind, and play, like, amazing defense, and just try to beat the Warriors up, like, you know, try to hold them, like, try to get away with it, because the refs aren't going to call this many fouls. And I... I mean, they could pull off a similar game plan in this series. Like, I, I don't think it's a foregone conclusion that the Warriors are going to win. Sure. I mean, I think uh, all those are valid points. I think 
I think, yeah, but the thing, I mean, yeah, to be optimistic about the Cavs, I mean, there's still not enough firepower, but they have played, the, the Cavs' defense at times, like, um, has been atrocious, but at times I've been like, wow, actually, they're actually swarming and, like, getting to the ball, they're switching on everything, and kind of just, like, they, they got after it at times in the Celtics series, given the, and yeah, I mean, one optimistic thing is the Celtics were actually the number one ranked defense, and they made it through that team. So in terms of that, I mean, you could be optimistic that I guess the the rest of the Cavs team could play a little bit better than they did in the previous season. They'll have to play a lot better to kind of you have any shot against the Warriors. And I mean, if the supporting cast kind of is able to show up a little bit more and kind of get hit more of their shots, I mean, they were shooting atrocious numbers from three, even three, even in Game Seven, the, the entire series on the road. But if, if the, the those guys show up, like the J.R. Smiths, Jordan Clarkson, those like those like kind of. Um, Guys that aren't always aren't always on. They show up on the road a couple games. There's a chance, but I mean, it's it's unlikely, man. I mean, LeBron has to shoulder a huge load, and there's just at the end of the day, I think there's just too much firepower on the Warriors, and I don't know. Like last year, when I was watching, even with a Kyrie, it was like when LeBron stepped off the floor, even through the rest of these playoffs, like it's like the Cavs team, like where do they go for any reliable offense, or like where where do they run their sets through? And that's kind of my question, I guess. Down if it goes to, goes for a long series, and it just the, even though the Warriors aren't as deep, the Cavs are a lot less deep. So I think that that's kind of the math that kind of gets me, like, how are they going to win this series? Yeah, that's true. I mean, yeah, LeBron, will he have enough gas is the biggest question. So I saw this stat. Last year, through the whole playoffs till Game 5 of the NBA Finals, he, they had played 18 games because they, they had two sweeps and then two series in five games. So they played 18 games. And LeBron played 744 minutes through the end of the Finals last year. Whereas this year, just to get to the finals, it's taken them 18 games, mm-hmm. and LeBron's played 743 minutes. So it's pretty much like he's already played the same number of games and pretty much the same number of minutes to just get to the finals as he did for the entire playoffs last year, part because they just had a uh, more difficult time getting through the Eastern Conference this year. So, I mean, this guy, like, you never doubt him. I'm sure, like, you know, he's, like, in his hyperbaric chamber right now. Like, <laughs> he drinks that magical wine. Like, he's doing everything he can to make sure his body's ready. Like, that's the one thing I admire about LeBron. Like, he'll never admit, like, or I'm, he'll never use being tired as an excuse because he knows, like, he's got to be there for this team. Exactly. But, yeah, I mean, I think there is a chance, but it's 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 going to be tough. I'll have to see how it kind of shapes out. And I need to see how this team shows up on the road in ga- games one and two in Oracle. And I mean, the, uh, and actually, I mean, to be honest, the Rockets kind of did reveal a blueprint for how to kind of slow down the Warriors a bit. I mean, if you kind of interchange CP3 with LeBron and kind of try to run, if, if the Cavs, basically if the Cavs play their best defense that they played at in, in spurts this playoffs, um, the other guys start hitting some more shots. And like uh, they're able to steal steal one on the road. This could be a series, but it's like a lot of ifs. So I mean, there's a chance. I mean, you can't you can't count. I don't think you can count them out entirely. But it's like I mean, this would be like this would be un uh, like uh, like unfathomable if the Warriors like lost the series. <laughs> yeah, I mean, as much as we hate KD for like getting to the Warriors, mm-hmm. um, I think we got to give some credit to the Warriors as an organization, right? Because they realize like we can't just get complacent like the problem with a lot of these teams and sometimes we see with dynasties is that they get complacent and they're happy with the team that they have when they're successful and they don't look to improve upon it the warriors like you know it was they were like they, this is a 73 win team so their team was complete like it was good the way it was but they're like <coughs> sorry they were like we're gonna go out and get the second best player in the world which is any team would do but they're like why not? Because we, we know we're going to have challenges coming up. Our core is getting older with Steph, Clay, Draymond. 
and let's get KD. Absolutely, they got they got Sorry. themselves. Oh, no worries. Um, they have they they got themselves the ultimate security blanket. And I mean, any any organization would do that in that situation. I mean, you you, you got to give your hats off to the Warriors for getting him. But yeah, I mean, it's just we we lamented more from a competitive standpoint. Like, I mean, it's like every year, it's like you know, it's gonna be, it's it's gonna be the warrior, gonna be the Warriors there unless something else happens. But I mean, yeah, well, I mean, I think. Uh, KD, KD is going to be needed this finals as well because I mean you do, there is no one in the East even this year we saw there's no one in the East, East to match up with LeBron per se like just with LeBron and I think Kevin Durant gives the Warriors that piece to match up with LeBron offensively and to some extent defensively and Iguodala I mean having more bodies like Iguodala like makes it even harder on LeBron but even just having KD in the series um, compared to the so you were comparing this this finals runs part four to part one in part one there was no KD it was an inexperienced Warriors team uh, sorry an inexperienced uh, yeah inexperienced Warriors team against like a Cavs team that probably had you can argue which Cavs team Cavs part one or this this Cavs team has more talent but that's the thing I think KD KD as, as like as, it's funny to call the second best player or third best player in the world an x-factor but he's the different going to be the difference once again in these finals i think and he's going to kind of elevate this team to another level that the warriors wouldn't pre- wouldn't have been able to achieve previously yeah i you know what that's yeah dude that was that's a very good point i didn't realize yeah i mean 2015 like this is before the warriors had won two championships so they hadn't done it yet mm-hmm. and they didn't have kevin durant so but yeah the only thing that gives me confidence i think is that i mean this regardless of what happens this year i mean like dude like the year 15 lebron has been something special to watch i mean we've always talked about for years like dude if lebron got his jump shot down if lebron started hitting threes consistently like he's going to be unstoppable in year 15 he's finally gotten to that point where it's like wow he's a knockdown shooter and like you can, you can trust his jumper is going to show up like five games out of six in a series so it's like he he himself that that alone will kind of like keep the Cavs somewhat competitive but it's like yeah it's, it's going to come down to those um those third quarter runs like those runs those spurts the Warriors make and how the Cavs respond to those and whether they have enough to kind of contain that uh, like for four <laughs> for four games which is a tall order for any team no one's been able to do no one's been able to consistently do that in, in the past two years not really in the past three or four even except for that one series so I mean the Warriors have only lost one series in the last four years so I mean that's like just let that sink in yeah yeah it and yeah, it's LeBron says something else. The fact that you're 15 and he's still at this this level of play, it's it's truly remarkable. Exactly. And uh, yeah, I can't wait. I mean, these once these finals are done, then we could you know do a pod or just <laughs> talk about where Le- LeBron's gonna what's his next move gonna be, which is gonna be exciting for sure. And now, I mean, I guess going into predictions, we ba- basically kind of talked about it and kind of what I was hinting at. I'd say if the Cavs, I think the Cavs kind of will rise to the occasion a little bit, but it's not gonna be enough. And I mean. Being a LeBron fan and wanting to see as much basketball as possible, I'll say Warriors in six, which is my initial prediction going into the playoffs. In my bra- in my bracket in our group, I have Warriors beating the Cavs in six, and I'm going to stick with that. I think that's an admirable like season for LeBron. I mean, that's an admirable effort. I think that's what they're going to go down with, and I think, um, yeah, I don't see it. I don't see them winning more than two, and even in the best case scenario. Yeah, I mean, so I was going to say Warriors in six, but I just don't see LeBron. So game six is going to be in Cleveland. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if, like, LeBron's going to let the Warriors come into his his house and, like, let them win another championship, mm-hmm. just like in 2015. So I think I'll... But then I was like, that's going to mean Warriors in seven. So I'm going to go with the Warriors in seven, but then I was like, damn, that means I'm predicting against LeBron in a game seven. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so in that in that, in that that light, you the Warriors want to make the series 
over like end as quickly as possible and don't want to extend this because like the later the series goes it like LeBron does some incredible things and I mean yeah that's what I'm saying like game six that's what I was thinking too but game seven as you saw at the Celtics like you can be undefeated on your home floor every every stat line can go against him but this guy may just find a way in that kind of in that game to get it done so I'd yeah, say ne- never never bet against LeBron in game seven <laughs> Yeah, and maybe Game Six Clay or something goes off in, in Cleveland and just finishes them off, like something like that's like what I was envisioning, something like that. I'd say like the cat, maybe the Cavs steal one on the road in the first two, if that's in the best case scenario. Then the Warriors steal one back, and then they fi- uh, they steal one back in Game Six and win the series. Yeah. Yep. So, Alright, dude. We'll good see. talking to you. Yeah, good talking to you, man. And uh, yeah, looking forward to another NBA Finals. I can't believe we're we're here again. It's that time of year. Yeah, the best time. Enjoy LeBron, man. Thanks, man. (laughs) All right. See you around. All right. See you, dude.